Welcome in, folks, to another episode of the JWB Dynasty Digest, where we give you a consumable dynasty perspective. As always, I'm your host, Tyler, at FFTylerO. We're going to be talking rookies. No surprise. We've been crushing rookies for months here. The rookie content, though, is coming down, uh, winding down, I should say, a bit here. We're going to be shifting into a redraft soon, but still, there's still a little bit to talk about considering these rookies here. Again, not by myself. Brought my friend Aaron Wilcox at Aaron Wilcox 86 to talk about some rookies who we think could have a large value decrease between now and the season. Aaron, what's up, man? Hey, Tyler. Thanks so much for having me on. And you're right. We, we got to keep the rookie talk going. Like you said, we're going to transition or you guys are going to transition with your great work um, into you know more more diverse topics right but <laughs> until you do that we're still gonna hammer these rookies out and i'm yeah i'm excited for the topic for tonight's show awesome before we get started though let's roll that intro he has the hearts of a lot of fantasy players i like it a lot honestly i like i'm i'm in for death taxes and the 2022 water receiver class i like what you were saying skylar no, no player is completely untouchable i think you guys really i had not i have not really heard this yet i listen to a lot of pods and i have not heard this yet well done, gentlemen. I'm really impressed. Awesome. Again, we are talking rookies. We are talking rookies, specifically rookies who we think could have a bit of a value decrease as we head into the season. I did want to kind of start things off here just at the quarterback position because, um, you know, in my opinion, I don't really see a lot of ways that these like top three quarterbacks can decrease. First of all, I mean, they're top five picks. I mean, Stroud, Young. Anthony Richardson, all signs pointing towards they're going to get the keys from the jump. I don't really see a way that they decrease. And then one that I talked about last time about a value increase is Will Levis. Will Levis, in some of my drafts, was a middle of the second. Um, I even got him at like 211 in a spot. So I'm like, I don't necessarily think his value is going to decrease at all. But wanted to throw it over to you a little bit to see, like, is there a world where any of these top three quarterbacks decrease? Do you think Levis could drop even further than that? Let's just chat about these quarterbacks real quick because I believe it's a little bit straight, more straightforward than the other positions. Yeah, yeah, it certainly is straightforward for the most part, and and we're not going to get into hypotheticals with injuries, right? We can't predict of course, that, of and, and we're yeah, we're not going to obviously try to predict or expect it. But the one guy that I actually do see at least a, a potential path to decrease in value is Anthony Richardson. Mm-hmm. So. And I know he's a guy where a lot of folks throw out highest upside in the class amongst the quarterbacks. And I can see that. Absolutely. But he's just so raw as a passer still at this point. And he lacks a lot of the starting experience that you want from a guy coming in um, as an early first round pick and then as a franchise quarterback. So I think a poor first season, like I'm talking really poor as a passer, could really, you know, sink the value a bit compared to where he's at now. Now, do I think it's going to tank completely? No. But if you're selecting him at 101 to like 103 or 104 in Superflex drafts, even a, a decent sink in, in value is significant. And like I said, I just don't think he's a very refined player. Can he get there? Yeah, there, there's the tools for it, absolutely. But his profile is pretty bad from an analytical standpoint. Do you think that there's any chance that we see Minshew to start the season? Do you think they're, like, I mean, I think they're going to start Anthony Richardson, right? But, like, I guess, like, I, I think that, you know, when looking at Stroud, when looking at Bryce Young, I would say there's just no chance that the backup starts. You know, Minshew is capable. Is or do you think they just roll right into Anthony Richardson? Is there a chance we see Minshew at all? 
Yeah, I think there's a small chance, but I actually don't have a, a really strong take or opinion on that. Don't have a good feel for that position. Fair enough. Um, yeah, in that room. But we shall see how that plays out. All right, let's shift over to the running backs. Um, I want to start with our big two here. I want to be clear that, that the big two here are two different tiers. I'm not putting Gibbs into the Bijan tier, folks. Um, but these are the two clear top running backs. I mean, I think these are probably the only two running backs that most of us feel pretty confident taking in the first round of our rookie drafts. That, of course, is going to be Bijan and Gibbs. Both got pretty incredible draft cap capital for a running back, which, I mean, you look at the last couple of years, and a first-round running back is pretty rare, let alone, you know, in the top, you know, 15, top 20. So, but with that said, there's they got draft there. They're being drafted Bijan 101, maybe 102 at the latest. Gibbs is a 103 to 106 at that latest kind of guy. That's some serious draft, like rookie draft capital that managers are sinking into these positions with the expectation that these are going to be top 12 backs. I mean, you don't draft Gibbs with your 104, your 105 without the thought that he's going to be a top 12 dynasty running back, right? Um, you know, let's take a look at both of these. We, we can talk about them both at the same time, or you can break them down either one. But do you think there's just a world when, you know, August rolls around um, you know, we're, we're getting into week one and people are going to have a little bit of regret with, you know, taking Bijan at the 101 or Gibbs, you know, in the top five picks. So not Bijan. I okay, do not fair. think that. Yeah, I do not think that there's a realistic. <laughs> I had to bring it up, but I'm with you. You have to ask it, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, just to cover everybody. But no, Gibbs. Yeah, that that's more of a realistic uh, scenario. So, I mean, Monty. So David Montgomery signing there could be a concern year one. The Lions being likely to use Montgomery in that red zone goal line role that we saw Jamal Williams in. That's the common talking point, yes. And I think that's enough to hold Gibbs back, though, from being a top, top option. So if he's like a top five dynasty producer, I mean, he needs workhorse-like usage or insanely high receiving production. And I think at his size, we got to temper expectations a little bit, at least from elite production standpoint. Um, at his size, you know, 200 or slightly less pounds. And I think he's a great dynasty asset. I don't think he's actually that risky of an option, but there is a world where, I mean, he's being ranked amongst the top two to three dynasty backs in, in some um, rankers and some analysts rankings. And I, I think that's, it's a bit bold. So if you're ranking them that high, there certainly is a world where we could see Jameer Gibbs decrease of value. Yeah, I mean, the thing really comes down to me, and you mentioned it, is Montgomery. I mean, they gave him $18 million. We know Montgomery's capable of being a top 12 back. He just certainly doesn't have a lot of weakness to his game. He's fine in the pass game. He's good on the goal, and he's just a, a good running back. You know, I don't necessarily think he is elite running back, but he seems to be good at everything. The Lions certainly seem to like him. I think as a Lions fan, I was genuinely surprised that they spent this kind of draft capital on Gibbs after they already signed um, Montgomery, never mind like Swift and the whole thing. I, I still was quite surprised. So, um, I mean, I think there's, I think Montgomery's honestly being a little bit undervalued right now in some drafts. I think double digit touchdowns for Montgomery is certainly not out of the question. Um, you know, going into the 2023 season. So I think there's a world when we definitely, there are some, there's a little bit of disappointment with Gibbs. And I definitely think there's a world when you know, there is a little bit of a, a value decrease with Gibbs, especially if, you know, we get the reports that Montgomery's running with the ones, Montgomery's getting all the looks. Like I, I could absolutely see it happen. I think Gibbs is a long-term good asset, but I, I think people are, like you said, expecting Gibbs to be this top six, top eight running back when there is a world, you know, a range of outcomes. Like I would even say a median outcome when he's just like more of like a high-end RB2. 
Yeah, I think that's fair. He's not a Christian McCaffrey. He's not a Kamara quite yet. I mean, maybe he will develop into those guys as he further you know, packs maybe more weight onto that frame. Maybe Montgomery moves on, but I still don't see him. He was never quite that workhorse in college either, uh, though he did have a prominent role at Alabama and uh, Georgia Tech. But yeah, good player. But like you said, there's a chance that he just doesn't quite hit those ex- expectations immediately. Let's keep talking about running backs. Um, I think one of the ones that I want to talk about right off the bat is Charbonnet. Um, as a Devi guy, it's, it's, he's, he's an interesting story for people who've been following his career for whatever five years <laughs> or so it's been in, in his college career here. Um, but, you know, you, you can't take away from the fact that, you know, he's explosive. He has the production that you're looking for. He's got good size. I believe, you know, he's a good pass catcher when given the opportunity. Like, you know, he checks a lot of boxes to be an NFL running back, right? And I think a lot of people pegged him to be a good running NFL running back. But frankly, uh, Aaron, I, I think this was one of the worst landing spots we could we could have had him go to because um, Kenny Walker lit the world on fire. I mean, when he started playing, they started giving him real looks last year. I mean, the dude was absolutely elite. I saw him in, I saw Kenny Walker top five, top six, even top four dynasty running backs overall this offseason before the Charbonnet news came. Well, the Charbonnet got drafted to the Seahawks. I think that expectations have been tempered a little bit with Kenny Walker. But with that said, I'm still seeing Charbonnet go around 111, 112, 201, 202 range. And I think there is a real world when that value does decrease going into the season. And, you know, Kenny Walker still is that guy there, and Charbonnet is more so spelling him. I know there's been some conversation about Charbonnet maybe taking the goal line away. I think it's speculation, but uh, Charbonnet is one of the guys that when I see him go as a top 14 rookie pick, he's one of the first guys that comes to my mind uh, in terms of a person who can lose value or decrease value as we get to the season. Your thoughts on Charbonnet? There's certainly risk with Charbonnet. And like you said, he's kind of an interesting path if you go back all the way to when he was at Michigan. And I was out for a while, but he really did show at UCLA. I understand the level of competition and all that, but that he is a capable both goal line option and pass catcher, maybe more so than what uh, is currently there. I mean, I'd like Kenneth Walker as well, but maybe Charbonnet is slightly better in those roles. And that's a pretty interesting part of fantasy production, goal mm-hmm. line work pass catching work so it'll be interesting to see that usage but yeah there's absolutely a path where Charbonnet doesn't carve out a sizable role that Kenneth Walker just continues rolling like he was doing this last season a little bit boomer bust and in some ways as far as him breaking plays but hey Kenneth Walker was breaking plays last year so I mean I don't suddenly see that changing so yeah it's gonna be an interesting backfield I don't mind taking Charbonnet still at that very, very end of the first or maybe early second in Superflex drafts. However, that is more reflection of how rookie drafts and the value post-draft, how things have played out. Like we expected the late first to be really loaded and now it's weakened a little bit, you know, with some subpar landing spots, things like that come amongst the prospects in this draft. Yeah. it, it, It looked a lot better a year ago, no doubt. Um, same spot, same like area of the draft. Let's talk about the chain, man. Um, undersized. We all know that at this point. Um, you know, we can talk about all the metrics about you know sub one ninety running backs and their lack of success in the NFL. But good draft capital. The tape is great. The man is electric. Watching him play uh, is a lot of fun. The highlights are great. But it's just one of those situations where we we love you know the system with Mike McDaniel. It looks great on paper, but like 
Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson are still there. They're, they're not going anywhere. We don't really have any understanding of what this running back room looks like. Even if a chain is the preferred pass catching running back of those three, you know, is that enough for me to say, yeah, this is my guy at 111. Yeah, this is my guy at 112. Like, I, I think, you know, a little bit of a trend here with these running backs besides the top two is I really think that, you know, there's a world when people are regretting taking a chain um, as you go up to the season because I, I think Jeff Wilson is an underrated running back. I think if Mostert's healthy, he's still another underrated running back. They like to have a lot of different running backs. It's just really tough for me to come up with a chain, like a path to like serious value where I look back and say, wow, I'm glad I spent a 112 on a chain. I, I just, I don't see myself getting there. Your thoughts? Yeah, I tend to agree. And amongst all the running backs that we'll talk about here, most likely, he is the guy that I think maybe fits this criteria of a faller Mm -hmm. the best. I don't know. I I don't hate Chain by any means. I was early on him in the Debbie scouting, but then he just never put on the weight. And I understand that he's starting to, or at least reportedly looking a little bit heavier. But hey, I... I still am not buying that he's going to be a 200 pound back. Like yeah. he just didn't do it in what three years of college. I understand the track part of it too, but man, I mean, we all knew he was going to be an, a football player, not like a, a professional track athlete. So I don't know. I, I have some worry about the size of course. And like you said, the competition, and it's not even necessarily only just, I think that Mostert's great or Jeff Wilson's great. It's like that backfield, they could add a guy any day here or maybe next year. The Delvin Cook as, rumors. The Delvin Cook yeah, rumors. There you go. I mean, it seems very likely that maybe it's next year. Another guy is paired with him, a guy who's larger. I don't think that they're going to be afraid to rotate a chain in, just like Mostert's been rotated in the last, you know, however many years with McDaniel and or um, Sam Fran. Yeah, I do have some worries about a chain what is the volume? Is the volume ever going to be worthy of spending this early of a pick? I have my doubts. Absolutely. So he could be like that Philip Lindsay who flashes really bright for a while, mm-hmm. but long-term I do have my concerns. And if he really does bulk up, is he going to lose that athleticism that gave him that edge? Because that's by far his biggest asset to his game. He's not an elite. He's a capable pass catcher, but not an elite route runner or anything like that. So yeah, some concerns out of Devin a chain for sure. And Kendra Miller's the last one I really wanted to talk about because same range, same exact range we're talking about now. Um, you know, 111 might be a little rich for, but I've seen Kendra Miller go 112, 201, 202. I'm just going to turn it right over to you, Kendra Miller. Your thoughts? Decrease in value? Is it happening? I don't think so. I really like Kendra Miller. I know he's coming off an injury, but we said earlier we're not going to necessarily speculate about injury. Nothing's reported saying that he's going to you know, be late um, to get healthy before the season. I think he's doing fine now. But I, I guess my biggest reason that I'm not that worried is Jamal Williams, I know he did really well last year. A lot of that was just them giving him the ball at the goal line repeatedly, right? So mm-hmm. many touchdowns. He's never been that efficient of a running back. He's getting up there in age. What is he, 28, 29? Uh, I, I don't necessarily expect him to be this great option. Like in, in Green Bay, he was kind of an afterthought. He just really caught onto the right role at the right time with Detroit. Yeah, And then Kamara, I still like Kamara. He is somewhat of a declining asset. And then the suspension risk there, I mean, that doesn't really make me super excited about Kamara playing the entire season. Or at least he's yeah, or at least he's probably gone 
um, the next year. So Kendry is going to step up at some point. I think there's going to be a lot of um, excitement when he does hit the field because he's more athletic, um, similar size as Jamal Williams. And honestly, he might start passing up Kamara as well. Just those fresh legs and just a lot of talent. Yeah, and we see six to eight games out of Kamara again. Speculation, I have, I have no no inside info here, but six to eight seems to be what a pretty fair assumption for Kamara's suspension. I mean, that, that's a lot of time for Kendry Miller to get himself acclimated into this offense. And while I don't necessarily think that Kendry Miller is like a prolific pass catcher, I think he's definitely better than Jamal Williams and offers a lot more to this team or a different thing to this team than Jamal Williams does. So I actually had, we talked about um, risers um, last week, same kind of format. And Kendry was one of the risers too, where it's just, I think the opportunities there for him, especially with like if, if Kamara suspended and you just look at what he can offer on the field versus Jamal Williams, um, could be special. So we're going, we're going Kendra over a chain, I think, is the consensus here. Um, any other running backs you want to chat about before we shift over to wide receivers? I don't think there's, like, any true running backs, I think, that were, um, you know, taken early enough to really warrant, like, a serious conversation about value decrease, but wanted to at least pass it over to you if there's somebody worth mentioning. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that Roshan Johnson – Texas running back who's now going to the Bears with somewhat of an undecided backfield is a popular one who's gained a lot of um, at least People dynasty value. People love him. Yeah. 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 And I think he could certainly fall significantly, right? Who knows if he's actually better than Khalil Herbert and Deonta Foreman. Like, I, I literally fields don't too. know. You know, it's like in fields yeah. running the ball as well. I'm with you on that. It's a good point, actually. Yeah, um, no, I think he could certainly drop in value. And like you said, he's not like going in the first round of drafts, but even in the second round, if he's basically turned to dust, like that's a huge loss in value yeah. um, where you have having to take him. So yeah, maybe we don't need to get into the deeper guys who went late in the draft, like Zach Evans. Like, yeah, those guys are going late enough where they're good dart throws, but who, who cares if they don't pan out? Uh, I guess, you know, maybe somebody will say Tajay Spears, but he's been trending down a little bit just with the medicals. And of course, Derek Henry still being there for the Titans. So I don't think that, like you said, a, a fall for them is actually that significant for us. Wide receivers shifting here. So I think let's talk about the tier, the tier upon himself, JSN. Top wide receiver, clear 105, 106, pretty much in every rookie draft that I've been in at this point. Um, you know, we do know that there's two very capable wide receivers ahead of him, but Lockett isn't getting any younger. Is there a world when you think that we see any kind of in decrease in value of JSN, which for a lot of us would mean time to go target and grab JSN because we, I think you and I both understand how good he is, but, you know, wanted to get your perspective. Like, you know, is, is there a world when we were talking about Lockett and DK and he's like the third wheel going into the season and that offers like a buy window? Thoughts on JSN? possible value decrease yeah so i do think that there's maybe a possible buy window i don't know if it'll be a large decrease in value but yeah slow start could absolutely do that because metcalf and lockett are talented receivers ahead of them so it might take a while like it's taken some of the top wide receivers in the league not every rookie is gonna break out in their first couple games like it usually takes a while so Definitely try to buy JSN if there is a slight dip out of the gate, but no no big concerns as far as in the entirety of the rookie season for JSN, no. Let's shift over to the next tier. 
I think it's a pretty clear tier. Feel, feel free to disagree with me, but that's going to be the QJ Addison Flowers tier. I think this pretty much concludes all the wide receivers that most people are pretty comfortable taking in the first round, but are still a tier below JSN. Um, all have like a decent path to targets, but there's obviously somebody in front of every single one of these guys. I don't think when I talk about QJ, I talk about Addison, I talk about Flowers. You know, I'm not. I think there's somebody ahead of them on that roster that's going to take more targets than them. I think they're looking at like the second option is best case scenario but um do you, do you have concerns with one of these guys not earning targets out of the gate and and therefore there's a bit of a value decrease and maybe on the flip side maybe one of these three uh, qj addison flowers um you know you feel good about their opportunity coming out the gate and there's not going to be a chance that their value decreases so more so just your your thoughts on on these three that we see on that second half of our first round rookie drafts i don't have strong opinions on any of them losing value i would say that i do think that flowers is a little bit less talented and has less value at least assigned to him from my perspective mm -hmm. I, I don't quite have him there with qj and addison but yeah johnston and addison seem like they're just going to be guys who like you said they might not be the wide receiver one well we, we know that uh, Addison at least isn't going to be the wide receiver one in Minnesota, but they can certainly be that second, third option, like you said, right away, um, work into that role. Year one, Flowers, a little bit more uncertainty. You know, can Lamar work with a guy like that and really elevate him? But I think that Flowers is still a good talent. I don't have concern about any one of those guys particularly. This this let's move to the second round of our rookie drafts. I think there's a really interesting group of five wide receivers here, and you know I think it's especially you know I play some Devi, um, not as into it as you are, but it, it's funny to see some of these names in the second round. Like looking back on things, absolutely. Um, the names that we're talking about, folks, is going to be Mims, Downs, Rice, Mingo, and Reed. Pretty popular, you know, second round picks here to the you know the middle of the second you know, give or take some picks, but generally these guys are all middle of the second picks at this point in time. When I tell you those names, Mims, Downs, Rice, Mingo, or Reed, who do you think is most likely the, the wide receiver that uh, Dynasty managers regret spending that second round draft capital on? I think there's two guys could who could be a large regrets, and I think it's Mingo and Rice. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, we'll, we'll just start with Mingo because, yes, he got a great landing spot, great draft capital, all of that but he just has never demonstrated that he's a consistently good wide receiver. In fact, he's really only had one huge game in his career, right? He just was not productive. And if you point to the health, it's like, well, this guy hasn't been healthy either. What? He's, he's not healthy and he's not productive. I get he looks like A.J. Brown. Heck, he comes from Ole Miss like A.J. Brown, but he's, he's just not. And I understand the bigger names in the, in the fantasy community. J.J. Zacharyson, Matt Harmon, they're pumping him up, right? They're quite excited for Mingo. I just think that he could be a better real-life wide receiver than an actual fantasy asset, like a high-end asset. So I have concerns, absolutely, um, even though that wide receiver depth chart is fairly open. So, yeah, Mingo, I could see him dropping quite a bit. I almost anticipate that. And then Rasheed Rice, just just a guy who's a late breakout, who who has or had that hype just because of a high pass volume offense and the fact that he landed with the Chiefs, right? He's, he's with Mahomes. And we Mahomes. love that. We love the Chiefs wide receivers. We did it with Sky Moore last year. <laughs> Sky Moore. And then Kadarius Toney when he got yeah. traded there. Yeah. And Juju Smith-Schuster when he signed there. And Marcus Valdez-Scaling when he signed there. And Nicole Hardman when he was drafted there. And we, do you want we've to go done back it. How many times? 
Demarcus Robinson or Byron, yeah. Byron Pringle, anybody like yeah. <laughs> we just keep keep touting these guys based on landing spot and opportunity when we need at the wide receiver position to really, really target uh, talent and good profiles. So that's more so why I'm, I'm fading Rice and Mingo. Not that they have 0% chance. They're just not high probability bets. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, I've, I've seen, I was just in a draft today. Uh, Mingo went 111. Um, I was listening to, uh, I think it was Establish the Run, and so I think it was somebody on there was taking Rice like 107, 108, and it's just like, I, I can't do that, man. I'm with you on both of these situations. Um, love Downs. I think people are sleeping on Downs. I think people are going to be very surprised. But, I mean, Downs is probably like, when we talk about this tier, the top of that tier going into all this. So um, love the call on Rice and Mingo in terms of guys that we think are going to decrease in value. I tend to be right there with you. Any other wide receivers before we close things out here with the tight ends? No, I mean, you can lump Jalen Hyatt in with the concerns, I guess, for Mingo and Rice. I I know that he's fallen a little bit compared to pre-draft when he was in consideration in that late first or early second. He was getting first-round capital, like, steam. People, I mean, it was pretty crazy there Mm -hmm. for a bit. Yeah, so Hyatt could definitely fall as well, but... Like we talked earlier, if he's going late second, early third in some drafts, even if he falls, it's not as significant of an investment. I actually don't mind him as a dart throw um, in comparison to when you have to take Mingo early second, right? And or late first, like you were saying, at some drafts, mm-hmm. depending on the format. And Rasheed Rice, usually, at least in the, some of the drafts I've seen, goes before Hyatt as well. So I, I would probably prefer Hyatt, but he's also a risky asset to lose some value. Tight ends here. Let's start off just straight off the bat because I think, you know, the ADP, at least in my experience in these rookie drafts, it seems like Kincaid is is on a tier of his own. 107, 108, 109, 110. Only tight end going in the first round. Again, as a Devi guy, this is probably one of the most surprising things uh, for me to see this kind of disparity between Kincaid and Mayer. But anyways, uh, I do think, I, you know, I think Kincaid is worthy of kind of a late first pick, just considering good profile, great athleticism, liked him at Utah that final year, great landing spot, like they really checked the boxes. But I also think that there's a world when we look back and Dawson Knox is still playing serious snaps and we're like, what the heck? Why did I do that to myself? While Mayer's just soaking up targets on the Raiders because he's on the field every single play. So I, I do think there's a world when we do see like a value decrease in Kincaid, and people are kicking themselves for getting uh, a little, little, uh, you know, sexy with it and deciding Kincaid over Mayer. That's kind of my take on that. But wanted to turn it over to you, see your thoughts. Yeah, I honestly like all three of these top end tight ends. So Laporta, Mayer. Kincaid, I don't have a lot separating them. Like pre-draft, I had Mayer one, then Kincaid two, Laporta three. I've been a long time Dalton Kincaid fan. Like for example, that's good. That's good because there's a lot of new ones, <laughs> <laughs> right? Right. I I was scooping him up. I had a hundred percent exposure in my C to C leagues this last year, which I was. I love that. Which I love that. Awesome, but. I mean, at the end of the day, like you said, there are some concerns. There's a path for any of these guys to lose some value, but ultimately, are we expecting huge breakouts out of tight ends year Never. one? Like, like no. we shouldn't. I think I think the value decrease risk really comes to it's probably the manager's fault for expecting, yeah, yeah expecting a lot more. The Kyle Pitts ruined it for everybody, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, right, right, and even Pitts then. 
uh, but I guess that's a whole whole different spiel with yeah. Pitts. But yeah, I, I just don't expect any of these guys necessarily to blow up. But I also don't expect like a year one zero type of production out of any of them. They were drafted high enough. Their teams have enough lack of target competition, we'll say, where they should Fair. be able to get involved. Yep. I would agree with that. All right, that's going to do it for the JWB Dynasty Digest. Talking rookies who could have a large value decrease as we lead up to the season. Um, Aaron, it's been absolutely wonderful having you on the show. It's always great to talk to you on the pod again. It's always good to talk to you on Twitter, but getting to see your face in chat football is always a pleasure. Um, why don't you let the folks know where they can find you and your work? Absolutely. And thanks again for having me on. This was a lot of fun. And you can find me at Aaron Wilcox 86 on Twitter. Uh, I take part in the Debbie devotional podcast. I'm a co-host there with dynasty coach a, so John Arrington and yeah, I just love dynasty Debbie C to C all of that. So anybody has questions about getting into leagues or more player specific questions there. I am always open to chatting with people. It's a lot of fun. And I can I can sign off on that because when I was getting into to Debbie three years ago, I was in Aaron's DMs uh, trying to get some information as I was in my first Debbie League three years ago. So take him up on it. He's extremely helpful. He'll send you the spreadsheets if you're into the spreadsheets. Um, you can find me on Twitter at FF Tyler O. Um, JWB, folks, um, if you are listening to this on YouTube and haven't subscribed, please hit the subscribe button. It does us a ton of help. It's huge for us. So please subscribe if you're listening to this on your Spotify, your Apple podcast, whatever it is. Open up your YouTube app, JWB Fantasy Football, hit the subscribe button. Also, if you're interested in any kind of dynasty mock drafts, rookie mock drafts, just talking football, check out the JWB Discord. The link is going to be right below. You can find everything right there. That's going to do it, folks. That's all we have today. Don't forget, tell somebody you love them. Later. Later.